Listening to the OmniTalk Fast Five, brought to you in partnership with Microsoft, the AM Consumer and Retail Group, Takeoff, and Suzzle. The OmniTalk Fast Five podcast is the podcast that we hope makes you feel a little smarter, but most importantly, a little happier each week, too. Especially if you're a loyal listener like Lee Dunbar, who is likely listening to this podcast on Saturday morning as he waits for his curbside pickup order at his local Walmart. Hello, Lee. Today is <laughs> April 28th. I am your host, Ann Mazenga. And I am Chris Walton. And we are here once again to discuss all the top headlines making waves in the world of omnichannel retailing. And if you are in Minneapolis or watching our video, seeing how absolutely effing cold yeah, it still what, is what, in like Minneapolis. full-on winter coat on in yes, the studio. What's I know. Going on? It's going to be May next week, and it is still cold here. <laughs> it's cold what as What in F the here. hell is going yeah, on? It's it's absolutely insane how cold it is here, man. <laughs> I can't – I th- this is – I am at my breaking point. I don't know about you. And all those people that we talk to every week where they're like in sunny California and yeah. everything, I just want to say, stop telling us that. We know. We know. We yeah. know. It, and it doesn't make me feel any better. But Anne, yes. we got some good reviews to read this week. We, we read our first review last week and it was positive. But I got to tell you, th- these reviews this week cracked me up. All right, here you go, Ed. You ready? Yeah. So the first one comes, the both both of them are on YouTube. There were comments left on YouTube. And the okay. first one comes from someone named Smokey McBee. Ooh. And Smokey McBee basically quoted the book of Revelation and called Amazon's palm payment the, quote, mark of the beast. <laughs> And the other one comes to us from Sean T, who had this to add. He said, cool shite? What are you talking about? This is not cool. It's another step into going full digital currency, which will allow the government to control what you can and can't purchase based on your social credit score, which they also want to implement. Don't be naive. Slightly more convenience is not worth our freedom. To which, and to Smokey McBee and to Sean T, I say what my mother used to say to me growing up, and and you know what that is? No, I have no idea. It's a quote from the movie Stripes, the great movie Stripes, which is Never lighten the it. hell up, Francis. Oh. Oh my God, come on. The mark of the beast. I mean, the only mark of the beast that I'm getting at Amazon Go are those prime cuts of beef on oh discount. And so bad. Call me Caligula, but I'm so down with that. But I'm curious, what do you have to say to Smokey McBee and Sean T. I think you guys need to walk outside. I think you need a yeah. little fresh air. Not in Minneapolis, but somewhere else. Go take go take in some fresh air and man, um one hundred percent. Consider 100%. consider an antidepressant, perhaps. Yes. I don't know what to tell you, but that sounds very serious. It sounds, it sounds very very ominous, very very negative approach to the world, in my opinion. But but hey, we said we're gonna read all the reviews, good and bad. Leave the leave them any which way you want, because they all make us Make us have a ton of fun reading them, and we're going to bring them up on the show. Yeah, so a reminder, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Um, heart the podcast if you're on Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, etc. And please follow and subscribe so we can keep making the best content possible for all of you. And as Chris said, we just might read it aloud one day, even if it's talking about the mark of the beast. The mark Smokey of the McBee. beast. Smokey McBee, which is a great name, by the way. I got yeah. him mad props on that. Yeah, for his YouTube yeah you handle. do. That's- Chris Chris McWalton, why don't you go read what the headlines are that we're going to talk about today? That sounds like a sandwich at McDonald's. It didn't does, make the menu board. Um, all right. <laughs> like the, the like the like anti-meat, the non-meat McRib or something. It's like, like the that. cold stays cold and the cold other side stays 
cold too. All right. In today's Fast Five, we've got news on online retailer Morning Save launching a new store. Yeah. Meta launching its first store. American Eagles knew what they're calling a frenemy network, which is a cool name. Amazon's new buy with Prime concept. But first, we take off with another big store opening. This is the week of store openings. And would you have the honors, please? Oh, sure. Let's get into it. All right. Headline number one, Chris. Um, Amazon this week opened its largest Amazon Go store yet. Ooh. This time, they're going to the burbs. Uh, burbs. Mill Creek, Washington is where they opened this store. And according to Jeff Wells at Grocery Dive, the store is just over 6,000 square feet in total. Yeah. Big. Roughly half of that is front of house space. Key. But what is most unique about this store is that uh, Jeff said it also, quote, features a wider range of items, including more multi-serve packs of snacks and groceries than traditional ghost stores, as well as fresh and made-to-order foods like sandwiches, salads, and of course, avocado toast. Oh, of course. Quote. Jeff also says the, quote, crown jewel of the made-to-order or meal counter, a first for Amazon Go, uh, is where shoppers can order around 30 different items like sandwiches, salads, egg bowls, and wraps using your favorite digital kiosks. That's right, Ann. Chris. have some thoughts on that one. I know. Sure. I want to hear them. What the do you think? crown jewel. Uh, my take on this. First, I freaking love it. Yeah. I do. Do you love it? Yes. Uh, you do? Okay. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to hear more. But first thing I thought of when looking at the pictures, I thought this part was really interesting. I thought it looked exactly like the Casey's General Store that I went into in Davenport, Iowa recently. Oh, like sure. Last summer, yeah. I mean, it shows me they're going hard after suburban convenience with this model. Mm -hmm. Although you pointed it out, the one thing I will say that I don't love is the kiosk for ordering meals. Yeah. I think that feels a little tech tricked out. I imagine it helps to triangulate the checkout free process a little bit because you've got sure. like a digital interface where it's saying what they're ordering, who it's attached to. But by the same token, I think that's a slower way to order potentially for yeah. people. And there's cooler ideas out there like a scaled down menu with voice assistance or virtual ordering like we saw from Freshie this week where mm -hmm. they're having some like a screen of someone actually live on the screen yep. somewhere else taking your in order. In Nicaragua. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In Nicaragua, wherever you want to do it. Yeah. Those are cool. And and by the way, like either way, you're still having a line to you're still creating yeah. a line to wait for a kiosk or to give your order to somebody in person. So so I don't really love that, but but you know, like and for those of you who know, like I hate kiosks. I think they're silly. Like mm -hmm. I generally tell retailers to avoid them with all passion. Right. But, you know, that's my initial thoughts. And then I got one more thing to add, but I want to hear what you got to say first. Yeah, I agree. There's some some strange things happening on a store that focuses on no lines being like the core to its its being to have lines for the kiosks, which you'll inevitably have, right. especially during high traffic times. I do love it, too. I think the main like the main selling points for me are, number one, having complete Starbucks at a convenience store right. is so huge for me like you could just put them all at every single yeah. convenience store i mean yeah. you can get any I'm, i've been a huge advocate for starbucks just putting these machines in for something that's like starbucks where you know exactly what you want that you know you don't need a barista to be making barista, that 100%. and now that you think about like how many more places amazon could be placing these go stores that have also cheap and relatively healthy food like it's 2.99 for a kid's grilled cheese meal like it, that's cheap for you know, and oh, like a hell yeah, it is. So if you think about and a grilled cheese is a grilled cheese. Let's be honest. Right. Ex well, yes. And but even the even the adult I don't, meals do you are need like Gouda though. 
No, so, but like, they probably will put it in there. Does your kid care about Gouda? Like, that's well, what's always so funny, like one, the facing, the, the fancy yeah. Gucci's. cheese. But sorry, I didn't mean to but, throw you off. So there. then the third thing is for me is having returns at the yes. same place. Yes. So I what, 100%. what I think that like they've created the like bougie version of a convenience store that essentially can be run on its own. So you can plop one of these in any place on any like you know, exit ramp in anywhere in the country and you start to like be able to churn these things out, eliminate things like, you know, staffing and all the, the dangers of operating a convenience store, like this could be massive. Yeah, right. No, 100 percent. I and, and actually I'm gonna make a bold prediction here, Ann. Yeah. The thing I love about what Amazon's doing here in this space is, you know, they they have essentially they everything they do is so scientific method. Mm-hmm. Like you look at how they've rolled out Go, like Small formats, eighteen hundred square feet, roughly front of house. Now they're going bigger. They're adding a little bit each and every time. Yep. And this time, the this time the the new piecemeal part of the experiment is the meal counter, mm-hmm. right? The staff meal counter that'll make your food for you, right? Which is important to remember. My prediction here, Ann, is that we are looking at the coming of the modern gas station. That the, one of the next steps in the experiment will be. EV charging stations out front of these. Right. Or maybe even gas, like at some point. Right. Like to say, like, hey, what do we get in there? Because they don't make any money. No one makes any money on gas. They make all their money on the stuff in the front. Right. So Amazon still has multiple option values here to explore with this concept as they go forward. And And I think that's super powerful. And I would just add, they also have the ability to start doing delivery from these places. Like they're not even doing delivery yet from these, even with half of the space being dedicated to warehouse. They're not providing any instant delivery right now. They're not using this as hubs, especially when you start to think about putting these in remote locations where, Mm -hmm. you know, this could be the hub for Amazon packages or other things like that. Like, yep. So, so many things to go on. 100%. There's so many more experiments that could still be run. All right. Headline number two. According to Digital Journal, the online retailer Morning Save is opening up its own physical store in Texas. The store is set to open on April 29th and promises to entice customers with a new type of treasure hunts for amazing deals. The store will feature, quote, digital signage, QR codes, projectors, televisions, and tablets. Tell me what they've won, Bob. (laughs) Mobile and adaptable displays and dynamic lighting to allow the events, deals, and entire store to transform it into an entirely new shopping experience every week. Like its online counterpart, the physical store will highlight new products and offer deeply discounted savings on an ever-changing assortment of items from a broad selection of merchandise categories, including home, kitchen, beauty, tech, accessories, and more. End quote. And my question for you. Yes. Do you like this concept? And do you foresee a trip to Plano on our horizon? Oh, hell yeah. You do? Yeah, yeah I too. do. I mean, me too. There, there's a lot this of these. feel good week, actually. There, there's a lot of these going on in Dallas, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Yeah, Dallas like, is like the retail mecca right now right, for innovation. Right, yeah, especially for these types of concepts. So like last summer, I think when you were out, we were talking about Quick Lots that also took over a giant mall space mm. that's doing a similar concept like this. Again, like ha- they have an omni-channel approach to this. I love it. This is like gambling and shopping rolled into one, which is like my <laughs> dream state. It is. It's like, Why oh my gambling? God, am I going to get the deal? Am I going to get the deal? Am I going to oh, get it? Right. I got okay. it! And then you get so excited. Okay. Um, wow. All right. Yes. I, I mean, I Woo. love it. Settle down. Also, <laughs> people have a reason to come to the store. That's exciting. I mean, you uh, you see the draw that the treasure hunt brings for people to get them into places like TJ Maxx and HomeGoods. Yeah. 
But this is like, I can see what might be coming online first. I don't have to be in store to get it. They also are talking about digital displays. So I'm picturing like uh-huh. Simon Says and like red light, green light going. And like, if you're the first one to get there and maybe you can use your phone to do it like this. Oh, 100%. Is- my mind, I was going to talk about that too. My yeah. mind goes crazy with what this could be. Yes. I don't know if it will be. Yeah. So what do yeah. you, what What are your thoughts? My thoughts are, my thoughts are like you. And I'm going to, this is like going to be weird this week, but I'm, I'm loving almost all these stories, but I love this concept too. Yeah. You and I have long hypothesized that someone could and should do this with the right combination of technology to take the deal fever of online and combine it in a physical store. Right. You know, I like I said, it's, I think it's hard to know how it's going to work, but there are a few things I really love about it. And like, for example, like you said it, the mobile displays and the QR codes mm-hmm. make me hope that their online inventory is connected to their offline in some way, shape or form. Right. And that they're always running the deals in the same way in both places yes. to create that deal fever that you're yep. talking about. Like, oh, yep. are you getting it online or are you in store? Right. And you're watching it like decrement down. Yep. Like that is such a merchandising trick that I think would be gangbusters. Yeah. And I, God, I hope that's in this store. Like well, I really do. Go and up. even if, but I'd like to play on that a little bit. Like even if you didn't have it online and offline, just adding the like QR code or like mobile purchase point in a scenario like this, like you think of like the outlet centers, mm-hmm. doesn't have to be tied. Like even if they didn't have it even showing on, on Omnichannel, like if it was just in the store and I could see that in the, the like, price changes right in front of me when the blue light goes on and like I can click it and buy it right there like that that is huge it's cool yeah it's cool but I think the omni-channel nature is is pretty awesome especially since we are omni-talk yes <laughs> but the other and the other cool thing about this too is I was checking them out online they have a membership online right $5.99 I think it is you get free shipping mm-hmm. and so my question would be would customers pay a membership fee for sure to maybe have their product sh- shipped to them or to have an experience like this right and when you think about it like it already works it's in the cards with Costco mm-hmm. so this is just a potentially supercharged digital version of a very cool idea around the treasure hunt so yeah. a cool find so I think it could totally work to get that extra revenue stream to help support the model. Yeah, I have a question for you though. Being a former operator um, running stores, mm-hmm. what challenges are they gonna ha- be looking at? Like, so that yeah. they this doesn't turn into like full on like Texas bar fight trying 100%. to like fight over these items, especially when you have items when you're using the stores as like ship from store. Like, yeah. how does that work in this like feverish yeah, time? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think I'm glad you brought that up because I was gonna talk about that too. I think there, I think there's two really key things that are required to make this work. Okay. You have to have great merchandising okay. and great inventory management. So the the part on the merchandising, the thing that's hard there is like online you can curate deals, like you can decide roughly how many of them you want. Sure. In in physical stores with multiple locations where people like different things, it's much harder to get that right and you've yeah. got to go to the well on what those really compelling treasure hunt finds are that bring you into the store each and every month or each and every day, I should yeah, say. Yeah, right. But the more important part is now you're going to a situation where you have one pool of inventory in a DC, most likely, servicing e-commerce to now going to multiple pools of inventory. And that means much more complications and that you could get some of those merchandising bets wrong. And that could mean markdowns and that could mean hits to profit down the line. So you have to have really fluid inventory systems, which is another reason why I kind of give you crap before about not bridging the inventory. I think it's actually inherently important that they try to figure out how to bridge the inventory because it's a liquidation strategy should they make the wrong bet on the merchandising. But what do you think? I don't 
know. Like that's like I guess that's another question for me too. Is I mean, how much? Like, is if if I'm online and that thing got purchased in store and they and I can't get it anymore, is that like part of the benefit of going to the store? Like, is that what's getting me in and that's better for the retailer anyway? Because then they don't have to ship it. Like. Well, I, it could be, but you could actually systematically decide what pools of inventory get to be seen by whom. Right, you right. Know, as well. So, like, there's ways around that if you think about this in the right way. That's why it's a really a really cool concept to watch. But let's let's keep on rolling. All here. right, let's go to headline number three. So, Meta is opening its first ever store, dubbed the, quote, Meta Store, according to Business Insider. It will sell headsets and offer demos to help people connect to the metaverse. <laughs> the first store will open on May 9th and is located in Burlingame, California. Chris, what do you think of the Meta Store? Yeah, you know, I th- I think, you know, despite people, probably people want me to say on this, I don't have a, like, really huge hot take on this one, Ann. Okay. I'm pretty tempered, yeah. I think would be the right word. Well, you that- also already own an Oculus. I do own an Oculus, yeah. which is a key part of this. I mean, I think generally, I think it's a smart move. You know, you have to get people used to or accustomed to using the Oculus or right. the hardware. Yep. And this is a fun, free, and safe way, an emphasis on free. Yes. Big letters there. Yep. For people to get addicted to what the metaverse is. Because I think, and you did this. Yeah. When you put those goggles on, yeah. I will bet anyone listening to this show that to some degree, and especially if you're down with getting your sweat on to the Supernatural VR oh boxing program, which got Anne hooked uh, mm-hmm. on a trip recently, um, you're going to get addicted to it somewhat. And yeah. You're going to want to keep trying it. You're going to want to experiment with it. So I think, why the hell not? You know, it's a page out of the Apple book for sure. And even in the design aesthetic, it looks mm-hmm. similar to that. But it's a very, very different type of thing that they're actually having to walk people walk consumers through i think relative to like an iphone or an actual you know laptop computer yeah i i think there's i agree chris i don't think there's a reason not to do this like it's it's a great idea i think that the success of this store hopefully is being measured by engagement with consumers and is treated more like a marketing expense than how many units are going out the door as a result of this store because i think it's for that very reason like you need to get this more headsets on more people so they can start dismissing the like oh it's vr and that's just like for the kids and it's Mm -hmm. not for me like i think this is a great way they'll get a ton of traffic in a mall or wherever it ends up going in to just try this out. Uh, And I think then down the road, you've established your presence there as a physical store. And I think could even, like you alluded to earlier, how it's looking like the Apple store could even be a place where, you know, when your cord is too short and you can't charge your Oculus, like you can go in and get help with that. Or there's more like accessories you can buy in these places too. So I think, uh, I think it's a great move. Yeah, and I think it's also if I read it right too. I read the article right. It's on the it's on a uh, one of the Facebook campus locations, so they've got the ability to test and learn from yep. it very easily. It just seems like seems like a smart move. It's like, yeah, why the hell not? Like, it, I'd almost be mad if they weren't doing this. Yeah, you know, in a lot of ways. So. Yeah. All right, headline number four: American Eagle Ann yes. is doing some really interesting things in logistics. I tease it at the open, like building out what it's calling again a frenemy network. Mm. According to CNBC, friend and former Target colleague Ann Shekar Natarajan, since joining American Eagle over three years ago, has been hell bent on a quest to what he calls Uberize the global supply chain, i.e., make American Eagle's logistics service a shared service for other retailers. Now, you'll remember over the past few years, Ann, that American Eagle has purchased a couple companies like AirTerra and Quiet Logistics to accomplish this. And as my buddy Shekar told CNBC, quote, the only way that you could actually have Amazon-like scale, Amazon-like costs, and Amazon-like capabilities 
is that you have to share. Mm. Collectively, we can have the same package volume as Walmart, and that way companies are only competing on what they do best, which is the product, marketing, and the customer experience. Bold move and statement for sure. And first, are you buying what Shakar is throwing down, or better yet? Yeah. What is your response to the A&M put you on the spot question this week? Are you ready? Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> better Go you ahead. than me. All right. Here's the question. A retail offering supply chain as a service is a really interesting concept as a way to build scale and efficiencies for all. What's your take? Should competing retailers band together with American Eagle, mm -hmm. go vertically integrate on their own, or wait on the sidelines to see how this plays out? And second part of that oh question. Oh my gosh, a two-part. So two weeks in a row, you've got a second part. Uh, oh, second man. part of this question: Who is each of your best frenemies? Oh, I like. Oh, that you have question. to answer. This I have to one answer too. that one too. But let's take the let's take the most important question first. And what's your thoughts? Would you partner? Would you buy into this idea? Uh, yes, I would. Like I was talking about last week with when we were talking about the Amazon shareholder letter and what really stuck out to me is like how are any how can right. any retailers compete against Amazon? And I think that Shekar is the saying the right thing. Like retailers are going to be better together when we saw that some of this happen because of the pandemic and, you know, barges getting stuck or, you know, retailers banding together to just get their products in hand. Um, and I think that the only issue that I see here is that this is going to require a lot of forward-thinking people mm -hmm. like Shekar. And mm -hmm. I don't know that there are a lot of people who are either as progressive as, as he is or who are empowered in their organizations to be making these decisions. And so I think that's really what's going to hold things back when in reality, like, Yes, this is a this is a, a great idea. Yes, you should be playing to your strengths and how you're marketing yourself to the consumer. It's better for everybody if you have merchandise on the shelves. Like people are going to go to malls then if they know they can get something or you know that people are going to continue shopping if they know that they can have something shipped to them. Like all of that is dependent on you banding together. I just don't know if it can happen. A hundred percent, which is why we do this show, to try to put in the minds of all the retail executives out right. there, there are new ways to think about things, you know, and you can decide on your own whether you want to approach them in this way or not. Right. But I'm a hundred percent with you. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I know Shekar. I've worked with him. I've worked with him on Store of the Future, actually. Yeah. He is a big, bold ass thinker, mm -hmm. like one of the biggest ones I've ever met. And yeah. I remember one time, man, we had a whiteboard session where... He was writing over things on the whiteboard. <laughs> like, he wasn't even erasing it. He was just writing over what was there before. It was uh, crazy. And I had so much fun with it. And we had a great relationship. He's a great guy. But yeah, I think this is exactly what the apparel industry needs. The apparel industry specifically, mall based industry, mall based retailing needs to find more profit. Yes. And hell, I wrote about this idea, two, I think it was two or three years ago when I called it, I coined the term commune fulfillment, is what I called it in an article for Forbes, where the idea is that getting together like this creates scale economies. Right. And apparel retail. This is the other point I'd make in closing. Like, apparel retailers need to realize there is no advantage to how they run their logistics, right. their back rooms, all of that. All of that can be farmed out for the benefit of shared expense. Because at the end of the day, I say this all the time, and I w I wish people would get the punchline of this joke, which is what I think you're alluding to about the you know how much will people gravitate towards this? How people get their product is like the airlines. We don't care. <laughs> We just want to get it. We right. want to get it with a certain level of service. Right. And so if you can partner with somebody that can do that just as well as you can, mm -hmm. that probably has been doing it, American Eagle's been doing that forever right. with all these great companies at the, behind their backs, like just 
try it. Get on board with that yeah. and see. And you might be able to save some money and find ways to defend yourselves against the coming onslaught that's yeah. out there and just the negative drain that digital commerce creates on yeah. your profit. Yeah. American Eagle's showing their cards. Why don't you? Like, they're, they've been doing it for a long time. They're willing to go all in and, you know, pool together. Why? What's holding you back from that? That's what I. I, I mean, it's so say. funny when you think about it. It's like, what is the p- point of competitive differentiation between Gap fulfilling an order, American Eagle fulfilling an order, J Crew fulfilling an order? Name your mall-based apparel retailer. Mm-hmm. There isn't one. Exactly. That's the point here, guys. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to headline number five. Speaking of. Fulfillment. Oh wait, the frenemies question. Ed. Oh gosh. Oh no. Okay. Your fa- who's your? Who's your? Who's your favorite frenemy? Okay, the the person that I thought of right away was um, Robin Arson, the Peloton instructor, <laughs> <laughs> because I like love her and think she's amazing. But man, she can kick your ass on it. So it's a uh, love hate relationship yes, that you have with her. Yes. Do you know who mine is? I think I, I, you probably don't, but I'm I I don't think it'll surprise you when I share it with okay, the audience. I don't think it? anyone that's listening to the show. Mark Laurie, one hundred percent. He's my friend of me. Of course, he's my friend. My favorite person to to talk about, be, and my favorite person to have beers with. Um, you got to be friends though, right now, because we need the Timberwolves yes, to win. Yes, I know. Okay, he, the so Timberwolves just like need to pull this through. Stay for on him. the friend yeah, side. I mean, I think that could be crushing to his ego, uh, or or not. Um, <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> headline Doesn't five. care. Uh, all right, headline number five: Amazon has introduced Buy with Prime, a new way to enjoy the shopping benefits of Prime from online merchants, whether they sell an Amazon store or beyond. According to an Amazon press release, Buy With Prime is a new way to extend Prime shopping benefits, including fast, free shipping, seamless checkout experience, and free returns to merchants' own online stores, ultimately increasing selection for all Prime members. Participating merchants will display the Prime logo and expected delivery date on all eligible products in their own online stores. They will offer a simple, convenient checkout experience, as we mentioned, using Amazon Pay, and also leverage Amazon's fulfillment network to deliver orders. Amazon will also manage free returns for all of those eligible orders. Uh, it should be noted as well that Buy With Prime is initially available by invitation only right now for merchants who are using Fulfillment by Amazon, FBA, if you're cool. <laughs> FBA, yeah. And will be rolled out um, throughout by invitation only again throughout 2022 as merchants are invited to participate, including those who are not selling on Amazon or using Fulfillment by Amazon. Yeah, FBA. Yeah, that that last part's key. Yes, Chris. Yes, I we've we kind of have discussed this briefly in a car ride on the way to get you a new phone. But, yes, but what right. do you? That's right. I forgot about that. Yes, I got a new iPhone this week. But weekend. what do you? Uh, what do you think about this? I think well done, Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm five for five on kudos today. I mean, this is the Chris Happy podcast, and so sorry, Steve Dennis. There's no major yeah, Steve's rants not today. Listening today. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. no major rants. Not You're not going to like this episode. When, I mean, when I think about what this means on the consumer side and the confidence it gives me in selecting a merchant mm-hmm. that I want to transact with, I think yeah. it's enormous. Yeah. It's way, way more powerful in my mind than, say, like shop pay, right. which is the closest equivalent I can think of right, right now in the space. I don't even think you can compare those. I know. Two, yeah. It's yeah. really hard. Like, yeah. But like, you know, like especially some of the experiences I've had lately, but on, on the merchant side too, like it brings scale efficiencies, mm-hmm. especially if they, as described- you know, as it is described, goes to people not selling on Amazon or using FBA in the long run. Like, yeah. And it consequentially could be a good hook for Amazon to get those people to start selling on for Amazon sure. or for to sure. use FBA. Like, it's just really interesting in, in, in that regard to me. And I think, I think it's just a really brilliant move. And 
And actually, we know the person that's in charge yes, of this, right? Yeah, Nicole I know. Medlin. Shout out to her, former Target Store of the Future yes. peer. God, everyone we used to work with is doing great things, Anne. I mean, yeah, obviously. Yeah, I know, right? Like, that's so They're awesome. Super, we're super so smart. Awesome. Um, yeah, congrats, uh, Nicole. This is really exciting uh, for her and her team. But I, I, I agree. I think there is so much opportunity here, both for sellers and for their customers. Sellers get to tap into Amazon Logistics, which I think is huge. And I think we are going to continue to see, if I'm making a prediction, that we could continue to see a better deal with them as Amazon builds their logistics, their own logistics and shipping capabilities, and almost circumventing UPS and FedEx in some mm, ways yeah, to right. getting products to people, especially when you start to think about you know the pickup points that Amazon has set up. They talk about returns, like how much better that's going to be mm-hmm, for customers mm-hmm. now. I mean, think about the, mm. the whole thing foods locations, the Amazon return lockers, like all of the Amazon fresh stores, the Amazon go store we talked about. Like if you could bring everything that you bought back to that one return point, that's a huge win for consumers. But two things I'm going to be watching for. Yeah. One, what will the fees end up looking like Mm. um, for the merchants who are engaging in this in this Mm. option? Because right now to sell on Amazon, you pay a $40 a month fee. If you're a merchant, okay. Plus, the average is fifteen percent of of each product. Each it can product be go. Itself. It can be from six percent to forty five percent, depending on the product type category. So, I think that you know that's something I'll be looking at and how that fluctuates as as Amazon offers these things. And the other thing, um, you sent out a really good article about this mm-hmm. on Seeking Alpha, and they're talking about if Shopify bans their retailers from having this Prime mm-hmm. Buy with Prime option. I doubt they will do that because they will lose their major enterprise clients mm-hmm. if they succeed. But I think that could be really interesting if you either if like all the millions of Shopify merchants can't yeah. do this o- option. Like that's that's really isolating for a lot of the especially the smaller uh, SMBs that are are working with Shopify. Yeah, that's, but. A, that's an interesting point. Like, and God, that would be a bold move by Shopify. I, you know, I think my last thing I would say on that end is like, I don't really see that, you know, people are trying to draw the comparisons with Shopify here. Yeah. I don't, when I step back from this, I don't actually see this as necessarily a threat to Shopify. Hmm. I see this, I the thing I think that's smart about what Amazon's doing here, and I'm sure Shopify's part of this, but like, I think it's actually just a very nice compliment Yeah. for for Amazon to institute to the, get then get some of the shared value of creating um, business out of Shopify as a merchant, like you're just going to basically create a piece of of software that essentially en- enables them to reach more customers, do better business, and Amazon's just going to take a cut of that from naturally what they do well, which is ultimately logistics at the end of the day. Yeah. And so I think the two can really coexist here because the points Ooh. you're bringing up, like Shopify. Shopify has is is nowhere close. I mean, there's some talk about deliverer and mm-hmm. you know that acquisition, but Shopify is nowhere close to having pickup points and all those no. types of things that you know what this is you know really all about. And so, I I don't know. I I th- I think of it more as a as a compliment than say a disintermediation tactic by mm-hmm. Amazon because Amazon still has to get into to, to d- disintermediate Shopify fully. They'd have to get into the web interface, which right. they've had to shutter. Right. That same article said, you know, they've tried that. It hasn't worked well. Mm-hmm. That's just going to be a hard bet for them to do. Maybe they can still go there, but I think it's a hard sell, and they definitely will go there if Shopify does what you say and makes this not usable. The, the payments their- part is a big part, though, Chris. I mean, Shopify is making fifty percent of their revenue. It said on payment transaction fees from a million plus merchants like that's a that's a huge amount of money that if now 
that moves over to Amazon and people are paying through Amazon, that could be a, a hit, significant hit to the business. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I have no idea what those numbers are off the yeah. top of my head. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess. Yeah, but I would doubt that. That's. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Well, let's go to the lightning round. We will see. All right, Chris. Question number one. Winston Fisher, the creator of Area 15, just announced that they purchased a 747 jumbo jet from Burning Man for their next installation in Las Vegas. Chris, my question for you is, what is the most memorable experience that you have had on an airplane? Ooh, that's a fun question, Ann. That's a really fun question. God, I would have to say my favorite airline memory is when me and my buddy Narens, mm-hmm. we were on a layover to Vegas. I think we were in San Jose. Some reason okay. we were flying through San Jose. I have no idea why. But um, from somewhere, and I have no idea where that was. But um, we didn't change planes. It was one of those layovers where you don't change planes. And okay. we were the only people on the plane. Two dudes, like, I think we were like 24. And, you know, he was probably 21. I was 24 because I'm like a few years older than him. And the, and the flight attendant yeah. just started bringing us beers. And we were just drinking on the plane. And we had like three or four beers during the layover. It was it was totally fun. How long were you there for? Oh, it was like an hour, you know? And oh, my God. Down three or four beers. You guys are got just to doing Vegas, cent- really happy. just Century Club yeah. uh, on the tarmac. I'm that's- sure that's not allowed, <laughs> but that's what we did. And it was great. Oh, my God. All right, and question number two. Twitter's Jack Dorsey came out this week and said, quote, in principle, I don't believe anyone should own or run Twitter. It wants to be a public not. good at a protocol level, not a company. Solving for the problem of it being a company, however, Elon is the singular solution I trust. I trust his mission to extend the light of consciousness, end quote. Aside from me thinking Jack Dorsey may now be one of the douchiest people in human history, second only to (laughs) Steph from Pretty in Pink. And what are your thoughts on this quote? Oh, man. In Elon, we trust is not a motto to live by, Chris. That's what I have to say about (laughs) this. That's kind of scary to me, too. Um, All right, Chris. Question number three. Us Weekly launches usnow.com, an e-commerce shop featuring the hottest celebrity-inspired products, including Tom Brady's favorite blue light blocking glasses. Really? Interested listeners want to know, Chris, how many pairs of blue light blocking glasses glasses that are Tom Brady's favorites are on their way to you right now. I hadn't heard of this, Ann. This is this is Yeah, really I don't think anybody had. No, I, I, I would say every colorway, Ann. Oh my God. Everyone. There's just the dorkiest picture of Tom Brady sitting <laughs> at a computer, like a totally I, nerded out with these like glasses on. It's a ridiculous. Yeah, in fairness, I probably draw the line at Tom Brady. My Tom Brady support draws the line at glasses. But. If you're a good football player, you know blue light blocking glasses. I guess there's like a blocking and ta- like there's like a thing blocking there. Yeah, like thing. Yeah, you can I got do it. it. That's I got it. Okay. Yeah, okay, that's funny. Okay. All right. Last one. T-Mobile Park in Seattle is set to be the first Major League Baseball stadium to offer Amazon Go convenience with Palm One payment, a.k.a. Mark of the Beast. <laughs> how important is it to you shop hands-free at the ballpark and why? Uh, critical. You need one hand-free for Pass the Cup, and you need one hand-free for your $22 Surly beer. <laughs> right. The extremely overpriced beer. Yes. Yes, right. You're yeah. going to wave that hand to pay for it. Yes, exactly. I just want to walk right out. Just Get this carry to the it out. Twin Stadium as soon as that's possible. Right. That's right. We've got beers to consume. All right, happy birthday today to Jay Leno, Harper Lee, and to the woman who rocked my 16-year-old world in 1993 when Grumpy Old God. Men debuted, the one and only Anne Margaret. And remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it on me talk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us and just for you. And it fits all within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks, as always, for listening in. 
Remember, as Ann said at the outset, please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to our podcast or on YouTube. And of course, as always, be careful out there. The Amitalk Fast Five is a Microsoft-sponsored podcast. Microsoft Cloud for Retail connects your customers, your people, and your data across the shopper journey, delivering personalized experiences and operational excellence. It's also brought to you in association with the AM Consumer and Retail Group. The AM Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate their robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit takeoff.com. And finally, Sezzle. Sezzle is an innovative buy now, pay later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four interest-free payments over six weeks. To learn more, visit Sezzle.com.